Who's ready for more? More of what God has for you this morning. Amen. I'm ready. I'm ready. We started this series called Dangerous... This clicker can be dangerous. Dangerous Prayers a couple weeks ago. And uh, I don't know about, about I don't know about you, but I've heard from a couple that man, this this series is is kind of something that's hitting home for a few of you um, so far. And and we're looking forward to continuing in that today. I'm looking forward to continuing in this message series with you this morning. And I gotta tell you, man, this in preparing for this particular message, the enemy is trying to. Um, trying to discourage, trying to do something, because I know that it's super powerful, and um, you'll hear in a little bit why especially it's an important message to me. But first, before we get there, I'd invite you to get out your Bible. Whether it's paper, digital, we have Bibles in the seat in front of you. If you're online, I invite you to get your Bible out this time. If you have your Bible, grab your Bible, lift it up in the air. Beautiful. Say, I got my Bible, PK. <laughs> I almost said PJ. Wonderful, wonderful. I almost said PJ. I'm not PJ, I'm PK. All right. So I would invite you. I'm so glad that you have it. I mean, all across the room, Bible's up everywhere. I love it. I love it. Um, we're going to hop around a lot today. And so what I would encourage you, um, I would encourage you to turn to First Peter chapter 5, um, first of all. And then if you have a phone today, there's going to be a few slides that are going to be up. And it might be worth your while to just, instead of trying to write it all down, take a picture of it if you're a note taker and you want to keep it on you. Or maybe later on this week you revisit it on YouTube and you um, maybe screenshot it or something or take notes later. But there's going to be a lot that is um, directed towards us today. And I think it's powerful, powerful stuff. Before we dive into God's word, I have a question for you this morning. Are you impressed by or maybe you're inspired by people who face their fears, by people who conquer their fears or are willing to kind of go up and, and take their fears head on? Um, I used to, when I was a kid, I don't know if any of you, I wasn't really a kid, like teenager, well, I was a kid. Um, when I was a kid, would watch this show. Fear Factor. Anybody hear of this show or watch this show, at least for a season, as long as you could stomach it, really? I mean, literally? Yeah. It was, it was a crazy show, right? But this was a phenomenon for a while where there was these contestants and they came on and they took on all of these crazy fears like being, um, eating uh, insects or being in a tank full of snakes or like just jumping off a cliff or even whatever like all these fears and people were, uh, were obsessed with watching the show as long as they could stomach it there were sometimes I had to change the channel even as a kid I was like oh I can't watch this anymore but people were obsessed and I think as a culture we're intrigued by people overcoming and conquering fears. Let's take, for instance, um, the fear of heights. Anybody here willing to say this morning, I've got a fear of heights? Okay, a few. Not, well, more and more hands keep going up. Okay, all right, so we have an issue. We have a fear of heights, right? Um, but even if you didn't have a fear of heights this morning, I'm guessing that not any, no one in the room has endeavored to do any tightrope walking in their life or would even 
be willing to try it. Well, I, I want to introduce you to someone today that you might already be familiar with, but um, is the tightrope walker Nick Wallenda. We have the latest death-defying feat by Nick Walenda. You'll remember he crossed over at Niagara Falls last year in a dramatic and record-setting feat. Well, now he's done it again, except this time he walked 1,500 feet over a gorge near the Grand Canyon in Arizona late Sunday. No safety net, no harness, and high winds whipping all around him. Praise you, God. It was the pulse-pounding, heart-stopping walk of his life. Filled with words of prayer, Nick Walenda put his life literally on the line Sunday night to be the first person to cross a gorge near the Grand Canyon. Help me to relax, Lord. With no safety harness, just his skill and balance, the 34-year-old inched his way across Hellhole Bend. An area known as the Little Grand Canyon, just east of the Grand Canyon National Park. It's kind of hard to relax when you're 1,500 feet above a canyon. Walenda was slow and steady, surviving on just a two-inch wide cable, 1,400 feet long. That's more than a quarter of a mile, and 1,500 feet off the ground, higher than the Empire State Building. The winds are way worse than I expected. Battling winds of up to 30 miles an hour, there was no shortage of nail-biting moments. Jogging and hopping the last few steps, emotions <laughs> flooded to the surface after Walenda made history again. It took every bit of me to stay focused. That <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm looking out at everyone and like jaws are dropped. I don't, I think a few of you stopped breathing for a couple seconds there. Um, it's intense and, and time and time again, Nick Wallenda, he's a part of a family that's been daredevils for years. They've tightrope walked and his, I think his grandfather died at the expense of tightrope walking and he's a Christian. And like, but the world is glued time and time again. He gets on the Discovery Channel, he gets on the news and everyone's <gasps> biting their nails, whatever. And then he makes it, we go, wow, that was amazing. How could he do that? And we talk about it. We are obsessed with things like this you know we we hold our breath we're like wow i could never do that but i wonder this morning outside of snakes outside of insects outside of heights outside of all of these well-known fears and anxieties that we face what is it that makes you truly anxious nervous unsettled fearful scared afraid, nervous on the daily that you face? Do you have any fears that really threaten to immobilize you? Like when you go to bed at night, you're sitting there, you start, your mind starts to race and you think about these things and it keeps you up and you're just wondering about them. It's likely that you know the answer to that, but you, if you're honest, you try not to think about it too often. You try everything in your power to not think about those things, right? We all have or have had some deep fear issues in our life. We fear we might lose our job and then our income and then our house and then where are we going to live and all these different things. We, we fear if we're single that we're never going to get married. We fear that if we're married, we're going to get stuck in a rut or is, the marriage is going to fail or die or something's going to happen. Or maybe we are fearful of our health failing and we don't know what the future holds and what if I can't do this anymore and what if I can't do that and what if my spouse has to take up this in order to take care of me and what if we have to drain our savings account just to get by and we let these things fester? 
and we worry, God, am I good enough? Can I really do what you've called me to do? And no matter what you fear this morning, it's likely that right now you're really uncomfortable. <laughs> and you might be uh, wanting to push back already against this week's topic, against this week's prayer. And this week's dangerous prayer is, God, reveal my fears. Reveal my fears. This feels particularly dangerous, doesn't it? Because fears are something that we normally try to hide or run from in our lives. However, we serve a God who is not safe, as we have learned, but he is extremely good. So there must be a good reason to pray this prayer this morning. Maybe you're here with us this morning. You're kind of like, Pastor Christia, everyone's afraid of something. It's no big deal. We're human, right? Like, it's okay to fear. Like, that's a normal part of life, isn't it? Like, I don't need to address this. This is, it's all good. Well, it, I want to explain why it's a big deal. Because it's a big deal to God. And in God's word, it has so much to say about our fears. About being afraid. And if you are here and you claim to be in Christ, we need to pay attention to what God's word says. And if you, and if you don't know Jesus yet, I invite you to hear about what fear, what God has to say about fear. And this is the part where if you want to take out your, your phones, take pictures of the screen or revisit it, have some passages of scripture that um, it's not just these that address fear. There's many more, but I wanted to highlight some passages of scripture and paraphrase them, so to speak, for you to explain what they have to say about fear. So we have a couple slides here. The first one is this. And John 14, 27 says, God gives us his peace and says, do not be afraid. Joshua 1, 9 says that God is with us, so we should be strong and courageous, not discouraged or afraid. Isaiah 43, 1 says, there is no need to fear because we have been redeemed and we are the Lord's. 1 John 4, 16b through 18 says that there is no fear in love and that fear equals punishment. Does anyone here feel like when, when you think about your fears, do you feel like you're being punished? Like, God, why am I afraid of this? Why is this happening? I feel so in bondage to these fears. Why are they just flooding my mind right now? Why can't I sleep? I feel like I'm being punished. I need sleep, Lord. We feel like we're being punished. Psalms 23, the wonderful 23rd Psalm, verse 4 says, Even in the darkest moments, we will not fear because God is with us. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, The Spirit of God doesn't give a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. Romans 8, 15 says, Fear makes us slaves, but by His Spirit we are set free. Fear is a big deal to God, and it's addressed over and over and over and over again in his word. And, and it, is, it should be a big deal to us because it's a big deal to God, right? It needs to be addressed. Praying reveal my fears matters because of a couple things. The first thing is it matters because he wants us to cast our anxieties on him. God wants us to cast our anxieties on him. 1 Peter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares 
for you. Cast. This word literally means to throw or your anxiety onto God. It's kind of like a fisherman. I think about a fisherman who takes his pole, takes his line and throws or her line and takes the pole back and casts out that line as far as it could go. Right? You don't just go, bloop. All right, there you go. There you go, little fishies. No, you cast out your line and hope to get the big one, right? This is cast. Cast all your anxiety. Throw your anxiety. Throw your fears onto him. Because why? Because he cares for you. Now, why, again, does he want us to do this? Because according to God's word, fear is the following. God is a good God. He doesn't want these things to be a part of your life. Fear is a liar. Fear takes your peace. Fear tries to control you and how you live your life. It tries to confuse you, mix you up inside. It tries to call God powerless in your life, and it tries to eliminate God's plans for your life. Fear limits you and what God can do in and through you. He doesn't want you to live a life like that. He came so that we could be free, not only from our sins, but free from fear. We're limitless because of God. The bottom line is, is God, fear is not of God. And if we are in God, fear really shouldn't be something that we live our lives by. Because God is greater than your fears. God is greater than your fears. God wants us to cast and throw our fears and anxieties onto him because he wants to get rid of them. But not only that, he wants to replace that fear with something else in your life. He wants to replace that fear in your life with his perfect love. 1 John chapter 4 is a beautiful chapter, and it talks about God being love. And whoever lives in love lives in God, and his love is made complete in us. But it also says this in verse 18. 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. And if God is love, there's no fear in God, right? So perfect love, God's perfect love, God drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. We are not supposed to live in punishment. We're not supposed to live in fear. And his perfect love can replace that fear. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. If we have fear in our lives, that means we're not being made perfect in in God's love. Perfect love casts out all fear, and God is that perfect love. This is why God is not safe, but he is good. He is not safe because he is dangerous to our enemy. The enemy that sits there and whispers lies and tries to control us, tries to manipulate us, tries to confuse us, tries to limit what God can do in our lives. He is dangerous because with his perfect love, he can kick that out and replace it with his love and his sound mind. He is not safe because he's dangerous to our enemy, but he is good because his love will cast out all fear. And if we allow him to enter the places where fear and anxiety have crept into our lives and how we live, he will start getting rid of it And he'll start to replace it with a new understanding, a fresh understanding of who he is, what his love means for us. And that will start to transform our minds, our way of thinking, and the way we live, living in more freedom, 
to follow him and his purposes that he has for us. We have to begin by praying, God, reveal my fears. We have to humble ourselves before him and ask him to do this. We have to go into the scary place and ask him to do this. And what will he do? Well, when you humble yourselves, First Peter 5, backing up a verse in verse 6, when you humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. When we cast our fears and anxieties onto him, he cares for us. He wants us to do this because what he wants to do is lift us up out of that and replace the fear that once existed in his perfect love. Because he didn't create you, he didn't create me to live a life of fear. He created all of us, each and every one of you, to live for a purpose, his purposes. And if we don't allow him to cast out fear, we're not able to fully step into that purpose. But when we do, we can freely live that out with his help guiding us along the way. Fear is not of God, and when we ask him, when we pray this prayer, reveal our fears, it's an invitation for us to not only cast on, to throw our fears onto him, but it's also an invitation for us to trust him in the areas that we are most fearful. Praying this prayer matters because what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. Let that sink in for a minute. This was a difficult thing for me to realize when I heard this. That what I fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. This really gets at the core heart issue of fear. It's kind of shameful. I gotta be honest and embarrassing when we realize this. Because we realize that as people of faith, we're not trusting in God to do what he's promised to do. We just don't trust him enough. What we do instead when we face these fears, what we try to do, which boggles my mind because I've done it over and over and over again, we try to go, okay, here's this fear. All right, I'm going to tackle it. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to do you know, some self-help. I'm going to buy some books. I'm going to watch some videos. I'm going to go to a counselor. I'm going to take some natural supplements. I'm going to take some vitamins. I'm going to like do all these things in my power and my authority, and I'm going to kick this thing's behind and I'm going to tackle this thing, right? And we try and tackle it. And what happens? It might work for a little bit. You might get some temporary help, but still at night when you go to bed or when you're faced with the issue in a fresh new way, you're still confused. You're still fearful. You're still wondering, why didn't this work? I tried all the things and it still didn't work. Or maybe we don't even try at all. And we reach something that we're afraid of and we go, yeah, hard pass. I'm going to go hide from that. I'm going to tuck that away. I'm going to run away from it. I'm going to hide from it. I'm not going to address this. So it just sits back there and festers and it boils up and then it hide, and you hide from it more and then it boils up and then you, it, you hide from it again. I think we can all agree, I hope, that being free from fear 
sounds better than living a life of trying to control our fears or trying to hide from our fears. Wouldn't we all like to be free from the things we most fear or hide from? Would you like to trust in what actually God is and who he says he is, that he is a big God, he is a good father, and that he says that we can trust him, that we can cast our fears onto him, and that he can replace it with something else in, in our lives, something good, something perfect, his perfect love, and that he can actually transform the way we think and set us free to live out the purposes that he's called us to. He's so much bigger than what we think. How freeing would it be if we all prayed the prayer, God, reveal my fears, and we came to the resolve to be like the psalmist David. I love the psalms. And there's this particular psalm, Psalm 56, where David is in captivity. He's in the midst of hardship, and he has been seized by the Philistines. And he is facing fear of potential death, of, of all sorts of things, right? And what does he say in 56 verse 3? In verse 4, he doesn't say, when I am afraid, I try and take control and face it on my own. When I'm afraid, I go to a how-to guide manual and figure things out. When I am afraid, I go and I run away. No, it says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. There's no, like, middle there. There's no and, or, or, but I also do this. It is simple. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? What can this world do to me? What can the enemy do to me? What can life do to me? Absolutely nothing. What a freeing statement. What if we, too, could be like David and say, no matter what, when I'm afraid, boom, automatic. I put my trust in you because you are good, because you are faithful, because you care for me. And you're so much more dangerous than this, this issue that I am facing, this hardship that I am facing. Getting rid of fear in our lives is really learning about how to truly trust God in his goodness and in his promises. Because God wants to use us, and we often let fear keep us from experiencing his best in our lives. We have to trust him that he will lift us up, and he will make us strong, not because of our own power, our own strength, our own will, whatever. No, through his power, through his strength that's made perfect in our weakness, right? Praying reveal my fears matters because he wants to cast out our anxiety, cast, he wants us to cast our anxieties onto him. And because what we fear matters most, or my goodness, fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. So what do we do with this? Well, the challenge for us is to actually pray this prayer. That's what this series is about. We, we talk about these dangerous prayers and then we pray them and then God will move and speak if we listen, and then we do something next. We pray this prayer, God, reveal my fears. Find some time this week to do that. And then we cast. 
when he does reveal those fears, maybe you know right now in this moment, cast those on, throw those on to the Lord, ask him to take those. And then we need to repent, right? Because what we fear the most is where we trust God the least. And that's, that's a heart issue. That's a faith issue. That's a sin issue because we're not believing in who God says he is. And we need to repent for not trusting in him the way that we should. Say, God, I'm so sorry for not trusting in what you have to say. Then we need to trust. We need to make a commitment to trust him moving forward. We need to trust him that, God, I've had a hard time trusting you, but God, help me to trust you more. Increase my faith. Build my faith so that I know that whatever I'm up against, I can just fully trust you with it. And then ask and ask him for his cleansing and to replace that fear with his perfect love that will transform your mind, renew your spirit, and help you to live out your life the way God intends for you to live it out. When we pray this prayer, we will see results. I have seen results over this past year in praying this prayer in my life. And the results that come, I think, will be more of what we see in 2 Timothy 1.7. We've already visited this earlier. If you are in Christ, he puts his spirit into you. And this is not a spirit of fear, but it's a spirit of power. And his power, his love, and a sound mind that he wants to give us. And fear clouds all of that. Fear tries to limit all of that. But when we pray, God, reveal my fears, and we cast those onto him, and we repent, and we ask him, help me to trust you more, and we step into that, and we move forward in our lives, what happens is more of what's already been put inside of us by his power is more power, is more love, and is more of a sound mind to move forward in this life. And to me, that equals freedom. That's living a life of freedom. You're free to do whatever God calls and asks you to do because there is no fear in perfect love. When we have received that forgiveness, when we renew our trust, we get a renewed sense of purpose and excitement because we go, wow, nothing's going to stop me now. Whatever God calls me to do, I want to do it. I want to serve him because I love him and I am in him and he is in me. I mentioned that this past year has been a big year for me. I turned 40, not just because of that, but I turned 40. And I was excited to turn 40 because I believe that this year was going to be a big year for me because I feel like the first 40 years of my life, kind of wandering, figuring out who I am, God's calling in my life, trying to figure out all these things that built up through my life. And, and I get to this year 40 and I went, you know, I feel like God's, God's got me in this good space where I need to really go for it, whatever he wants. And, I, and I've been like that, but I just felt like there was something, like a new start to this journey. And it's been a fear freedom journey for me this past year. 
And that's why this, this sermon means so much to me is because in my life, I have had a, if you'll entertain a personal story, um, hopefully you're okay with this this morning, I have built up a multitude of fears over life. And this can start when you're really, really young and you have an experience. And then it builds up and it builds up. And then before you know it, you don't even remember back here, but you just know that there's an issue going on here. And, and, and then it compounds. And then before you know it, you, you're this complicated mess, right? Sometimes, at least I was. <laughs> and, and there were some things that were tangled, and I tried to figure it out, and I tried to go different veins, and I tried to get it to the Lord. But, but I just knew I needed to really go, God, reveal my fears. I don't want to be limited by what you have for me. I want to live out the rest of my days, however long you have for me, fully in your presence, fully going after what you have for me, letting nothing stop me, not the enemy, nothing. And so I have. I've, I've experienced freedom with his help, by his providence, bringing people and, and situations and prayers and, and different things into my life. And I like to share one of those specific freedom journeys for me. One of the things that I've been set free from, so to speak, over the past year. Some of you might relate to this fear. Flying. I know it doesn't sound like, like a real big fear, but I'll explain why it's a big deal for me in my life and how it applies spiritually. Um, I went around for the past several years. I never asked this question, but I came across this question that's on the slide, and I thought, you know, kind of makes sense. <laughs> I, I kind of live my life that way. You know, I was sitting in the terminal. Ooh, it's scary, right? Um, but I, for the past several years, had this crippling fear of flying. Like, terrifying fear. I, if I had to fly like a month out, not just the night before, not just the morning of, a month out, I go, whoa. I'm flying soon. Whew, okay. And I might get that thought at night. And then as time gets closer, my heart's not like my blood pressure starting to rise and my head's not feeling right. And, and my hands are getting weird. And the night before, I'm like I'm super nervous and I don't sleep. And I get in the terminal and I'm kind of like antsy. And do I get a coffee? Do I get some food? Do I just sit and listen to my like playlist to kind of zone out like what do I take medicine what do I do I mean a hot mess that's what I was just a hot hot mess whenever I flew and we get on the plane I'd be gripping John's hand and he's like you're really sweaty I said no I'm sorry and and I try and like breathe through it and take deep breaths in oh and let go, and I'd have this, you know, different playlist and different things I do, and then I finally went, you know what? No, this is the, this is the right spiritual thing to do. I'm going to imagine God's hands just picking up the plane, carrying it over to my destination, and plopping and setting it down. Ha! Ah, I thought that was going to work, and it, 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 it helped, but you know, anybody ever have a panic attack before? Man, those things come on, think, yeah. Those things come on out of nowhere, and you think you're like, you're fine. And then, bam, it hits you. Two flights ago, not the most recent flight I took, two flights ago, I was um, 
up in the plane and I was picturing God's hand carrying me. And all of a sudden, wham, I get hit with this massive panic attack. And normally they would, might last for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, but it lasted the whole rest of the two hours on the flight. And I was just gripping the hand, like the armrest. <sighs> Hopefully I don't have a heart attack. It was a crippling fear for me. But it was so much more than just a fear of flying for me. And this is something that I discovered this past year because when I started praying these prayers and asking God to reveal places that I was not trusting him in and in fear places, this was one of the areas that got brought up. And, and it was consequently right before, it was a day before I was flying with my daughter for my um, grandfather's to do my grandfather's funeral service in Illinois. And um, I went, you know, this is something I really need to address. And so a few days earlier, I had uh, phoned a friend and, and we had talked and, and I said, I really need to figure out if there's something deeper here than just a physical fear. If, if the enemy is trying to stop me from doing something and, and what was revealed to me through that prayer was that years ago when I was in early, like my sophomore year in college, I went on a missions trip, right? Sounds good. Um, but before that time, I loved to fly. I loved to fly. Give me that window seat. It was fantastic. Look at how quick we get there. I hate road trips. Let's take a plane. Like I was all for it. Totally all for it. And then I went on a missions trip. Now, now it was really, really weird, but just hold on. Went on a missions trip, and, you know, God did some amazing things on that missions trip. The flight there was okay. It was fine. But on the way back, um, I had some in-flight experiences. It was 11 hours one leg, and then 9 hours the next leg. It was long, and the food was smelly. And just, it was something spiritual happened on that way back, where it tainted how I felt about flying. And I won't go into everything there, but when I landed, the next time I flew, all of a sudden I had my first moment of anxiety with flying. And that only just built over the years, over the years, over the years. And I pinned it back to that moment and God helped me see that there was something there. The enemy was keeping me captive of something because this fear has started to try and control what I would be willing to do in my life. I love missions. We are a church that loves missions, compassion for others, local and global. But as your pastor and friend, I can tell you that I was putting limitations on God in my life forever going on a missions trip that would require me to fly overseas ever again. I was like, oh, God, you know, it's great. I love missions. I love being part of a church that's all about missions. But, God, you can send all those that aren't afraid of flying. But I don't know. I don't know if I could go. Like, if you called, I'm just not sure I could go. Or I'd look at my friends that would take these amazing trips. These amazing trips to Iceland and, and all over, I mean, all over the globe. And I watch this, and I go, Man, that's beautiful. That's fantastic. I'd love to go there, but I guess I'm going to have to wait to heaven and see if something like that is there because I'm not flying halfway across the globe to see that because I won't fly. 
What was I doing? I was putting limitations on God. I was saying, God, I'm not, I, I really would prefer if you don't call, you know, you would not call me to go somewhere in a plane for a long flight. And, and I was letting the enemy rob me of a potential blessing. Now, I'm not just going to hop on a plane international because I can't necessarily afford that. But if God were to choose to bless my family with an opportunity to go internationally, I'd be like, I don't know if I would go. I was putting limitations on God and how he could potentially bless or call me. Remember that? Fear limits you. Fear calls you powerless. Fear calls God powerless. Fear tries to control you. Fear tries to stop you from living out the life that you were meant to live out. And for years, I had seen that. And I went, God, no more. Like, I might still struggle with this, but God, take. I casted those fears. And I said, God, I want you to replace it with your perfect love. I want you to replace it for your will and your plan for my life. And I want to let that go. I can tell you, when I did that, my anxiety that had already built up started to kind of wane off. And the next morning, I sat in the terminal, and I'm kind of sitting there going, huh, I'm unusually calm. This is not how I've been for the past several years flying. I was able to talk with Jillian and have a sound mind and be able to communicate with her and stuff. And, and John wasn't there to grip his hand, so I didn't want to break her hand. And so I said, okay, this is going to be great. And we got onto the plane. And, and I said, you know, instead of listening to this music that's supposed to call me, I'm going to listen to some really awesome worship music. I mean, like the ones with a tempo that kind of gets you grooving a little bit. I'm going to listen to that worship playlist. And, and so I listened to that music. And and amazingly, my palms were dry, and I wasn't gripping the seat, and we took off, and it just kind of felt like a bus ride, and I'm kind of up there going, well, this is pleasant, and I'm not feeling the way. I'm like, thank you, God. This is amazing. You're good, and, and then this happened. No, it was actually a great flight. No, tur hardly any turbulence. They praise the Lord. I'm glad, but um, I still don't like turbulence, but I'm not afraid of turbulence anymore. Um, but this happened. Jillian leaned, had, when she wanted the window seat, and I was fine to give her the window seat. And so uh, she was looking out the window naturally, and she had taken a picture. And she goes, Mom, look at this. And I looked at the picture, and we were sitting right behind the wing. And this isn't her picture, by the way. I tried to find some a picture that was a little clearer because we don't have, like, it was the phone camera. And I'm like, yeah. And I look, and, and she says, see, there's a shadow of the plane on the cloud with a rainbow. And I went, oh, my goodness. I blew up the picture, and there was a plane just like this, the shadow of the plane on the cloud with a circle of a rainbow surrounding it. I instantly knew that the Holy Spirit was there. Like, I knew but it was his promise to me. I got instant goosebumps, instant confirmation, like God's got you. That hand that you would picture carrying your plane, oh yeah, it's there. And that rainbow, that's a reminder of my promises to you, that you can cast that fear onto me and that you can just walk right into what I have for you. Interestingly, when I looked this up, it's called the pilot's glory. It's a phenomenon in, in, in flying and how the sun and the plane, the cloud and all this stuff. Uh, it's God's glory. <laughs> I give God glory for that moment because for me, it was a visible reminder 
of what I had done, the confirmation of what it meant to cast my fear onto him and to step into what he had for me. And, and I thought, is this going to stick? And, and we landed and was able to be with my family, went back to the airport, had a good meal with my daughter, no butterflies in the stomach, got in the plane, took off and landed. And it was a great flight. Now I share this because because I know what can happen when we ask God to reveal our fears. He can truly set us free. I am not perfect. As long as we're human, there's going to be temptation. There's going to be struggles. We are going to have David moments of when we, we are faced with our fears. We're going to have those right in front of us. But will we choose to instead of run, instead of hide, instead of trying to take control, will we choose to say, no, nah, I'm going to cast this fear onto God. I'm going to allow it to repla- him to replace it with his perfect love. This fear tries to call us powerless and tries to eliminate God's plans for our lives. But God says, humble yourself and do the dangerous thing of asking me to reveal your fears because fear is a liar in your life and I want to come in, take them away, and lift you up. I am the perfect love that casts out all fear. Trust me and my goodness. I have given you a gift the spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind to face all things in this life. And I have a plan, and I have a purpose for you, and I want you to walk into that. Don't let fear limit you and my plans for your life. Will you pray with me this morning? Holy Spirit, I ask that you would show us what we are afraid of. Would you show us how fear tries to limit us, how it tries to discount the enormous power of the almighty God? Because God, we want your perfect love to destroy the fears that we are facing so we can step into the plans, the purposes, the calling that you have for us. Help our automatic response when faced with fears in this life to be, I trust in you. God, we are sorry for the times that we haven't, where we have not been able to trust you, where we have hidden things. God, increase our faith today. We want to live out the plans that you have for our life. So God, help us, renew us, cleanse us of this distrust so that we can step into what you have and what you will give us the ability and the strength and the courage and the power and the sound mind and your love to do because you are a good father with good plans for those who love you. You work for good for all those who love you, God. And we love you this morning. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you for what you're going to do in our lives, what you're going to continue to do in our lives. And we ask for freedom in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would be with us as we move into this week, God, that you would fill us up so that we can pour out Jesus upon those that we encounter, that we can show your love, that we would have open eyes to see those who need you, open ears to hear those who are hurting and to reach out, and hands to serve. God, we love you. Be with us and bless those that have come and listened this week. 
and help us to go in your name. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. I just want to remind you that tithes and offerings are plates as you exit this morning and then also online. And we want to invite you back next week as we continue in our series, Dangerous Prayers. We encourage you and invite someone to join you. And also you can always share the messages online with a friend as well. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.